like Care Bears, oh. you know? Care Bear Countdown. Four, three. Why are you doing it so slow? Oh, you were going slow, so I was trying to match your tempo. No, no, four, three, four, three two. two, one. Is yeah. it one, or do they say love or something weird? I probably do, like, bear cuddles or something. Or is it four, three, two, stare? You know, that's a good question. Because they call it the Care Bear Stare, right? Well, it's the Care Bear Countdown, Ben. The Care Bear, we did just say that, the Care Bear Countdown, but, but they yeah. call it the Care Bear Stare. But then they do the stare. Care Bear Stare with their tummies. Which yeah. is, a, I love it. I love it deeply. Yeah. I was not allowed to play with Care Bears. What, what is satanic <laughs> about Care Bears? I think it was no heart and shriekly and beastly that were the problem. Or That was the point of the show is that they were the bad guys. That problems could be solved without Jesus oh. or something. Well, there was that one, the Lionheart guy who had like the Lionheart, main. Lionheart, yeah. And he were, he Richard the Lionheart. He was Jesus-ish. He was a little bit like. He was Jesus-y, right? He was a little Aslan, he was, wasn't he? He was Aslan, yeah. but in Care Bear yeah. form. He was not my favorite. Yeah. Care Bear, Aslan, Jesus. No. Wish Bear. Uh, wonderful. Wish Bear. Wish Bear. Well, probably not surprise anyone to learn that I had a partiality to uh, Grumpy Bear. Samesies. Wish Bear and Grumpy Bear yeah. were my two. Uh, my very first email was uh, Grumpy Bear, which... And then what was the fucking... Uh, the the monkey one. I like that one. There was a mo- Oh, yeah, there was a monkey one. Okay. When it was the Care Bear Cousins. After they moved beyond just the original Care Bears, <laughs> they, they moved do into Care Bear with... Cousins. We should do an episode on Care Bears. I never thought I'd say this, but yeah. Care Bear yeah. Cousins? I'm looking this Yeah, up. yeah. So that's where you get, like, the lion guy yes. and the monkey and the elephant. <gasps> the um, elephant. Okay, so there's Braveheart Lion. Mm-hmm. Brightheart Raccoon. Oh, I forgot about Brightheart. Lots of heart elephant, which is a very mm-hmm. nice way to kind of say, you know. Yeah, fat. I get it. <laughs> Lots more to love elephant bear. <laughs> Do you think they were like, fuck you all. Fuck you. Fuck you, every one of you. <laughs> fuck you very much. <laughs> he gets to be Braveheart and I'm lots of heart. Yeah, lots I get it. Thanks. Who's the monkey? Care Bear uh, monkey. Good. Yeah, that'll get There's you There's a there. penguin as well. Oh, which I don't remember that one. No, neither do oh, I. Oh, Playful Heart. Playful there was always heart. like Playful Heart Monkey mm-hmm. who didn't talk. What? Which I don't recall Playful Heart ever talking. They were like this kind of like mime. What's up with that? How come all the other animals can talk, but then like Playful Heart couldn't? Yeah. In the words of Jerry Seinfeld, what's up with that? I'm going to have to start watching Care Bears again on YouTube. There are newer iterations of Care Bears. I actually can't find the original Care Bears streaming anywhere. Oh, that's a shame. I don't What's up with that? I find myself really missing out on the nostalgia of 90s cartoons these days. I'm watching the American Gladiators documentary right now. And it's just, it's kind of doing the opposite for me. It's not making me be like, whoa, the 90s were alive. Like, looking back, being like, 90s were awesome. The TV was better. People were just getting hurt. Yeah. There was no rules. Oh, I love the 90s. Yeah, it was cool. Fighting people with giant Q-tips. What's not to love? And with no safety yeah. gear, like, here's your bathing suit. Go fight. Yeah. Like, oh, God, the 90s were awesome. Maybe not for everybody, <laughs> but, you know, for TV, great. We had all those great after-school drug specials with the Ghostbusters hanging out with Garfield. Oh. A little bit of a shout-out to a brand that I like to wear. It's uh, out <laughs> of uh, Toronto, actually run uh, in part by a voice actor named, uh, I think it's Eric Bauza. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a pretty prominent voice actor, but he runs a clothing line called Retro Kid, and that's where I've yes. gotten like all my like 
best t-shirts. Instructor gadget t-shirts, yeah. uh, Fraggle Rock t-shirts. Just the best yeah. clothes. Can we try to have him on the show just so that I can be like, let's just talk about like the 90s and just talk about it. Like, yeah. No, we should. We should dork yes. out about the 90s. Retro dork out. Let's, uh, yeah, you're, let's put that on your to-do <laughs> list. Email, Email. Bowser and see if he'll come on our dumb show and talk to us about nostalgia but honestly like the best t-shirts every single one i love they're so good they're sharon lois and bram like come on yeah no they're yeah. pretty yep Skin i've got that like the uh the sharon lois oh, and bram like amazing. tour shirt it's really great it's got a list of like stuff on the back and elephant <laughs> uh, records on the front mm-hmm. yeah my mr dress up shirts are always a hit my yeah mm-hmm. inspector gadget stuff i'm a big fan it's a uh, I'm not usually the kind of person that likes to wear yeah, like things that I'm into. I prefer to go like, you know, just nondescript clothing, mm. like, like, you know, not graphic tees, but I don't know. These ones are really yeah, they're great. well-designed. They look fun. And, uh, you know, I'm a dad now, so I don't give a shit how I dress anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, that reminds me. I was out, I, I drove my parents to a doctor's appointment and I was waiting for them and it was a really nice day. So I thought, oh, I'll walk outside and hang out. And I forgot I was wearing my Frida Kahlo t-shirt. Oh, cool. And I know, like, I'm wearing the t-shirt. A part of me is like, am I asking for it? The number of people coming up to me to be like, Frida. And I was like, yeah, I know I'm wearing the shirt. Like Popular painter. But and it wasn't like, it's not an entry. I guess I'm impressed that there were any people that came up to you to be like, Frida. Quite a few. That's awesome. A, A bunch of them were like construction worker dudes okay see now that surprises me <laughs> uh a bunch of them were originally from mexico and they're like oh i know for, i live oh, I by see. her and i was like well you didn't but you know that's fine um how dare you <laughs> how dare you challenge their truth i'm sure that they live like maybe they lived near her house but they didn't live by her when she was alive as she has been dead for quite some time all right well all right i'm just lady. saying but <laughs> They were like using it as an in to talk to me, and I was just like, "I don't want to talk to you." So, what is it against you have? Uh, is it that you have against migrant uh, <laughs> migrant construction workers? I don't want to talk to them while I'm waiting for my parents. <laughs> no, I know we're at a fun intersection of uh, street harassment and racism <laughs> here. So, work your way out of that one, and I'll oh play the God. theme song. No. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. This is Dork Matters. I'm your dad, Dork host, Ben Wrinkle. With me, as always, is your Ed Dorkator, Lexi Hunt. Say hi, Lexi. Hi. Oh, wait. No, Lexi I missed it. would have been no. a joke. I know. Hi, Lexi. Dang it. Yeah. Oh. Say hi, Lexi. Hi, Lexi. Nah. <laughs> Good times. I was thrown off because you were holding up the Ernie action figure, and no matter what, I always think of Ernie and Bert when Ernie's in the pyramid and... It really stresses No, me I need out. to know more about that. When Ernie's in the pyramid? What the hell are you talking about? Haven't you seen that one skit where Ernie and Bert are in, like, the Great Pyramids and a mummy comes to life and starts dancing and only Ernie sees him and Bert's like, come on, Ernie, stop joking around, and doesn't believe you, him. 
And then the mummy's like... Is this like a take on like the Abbott and Costello meet the mummy thing? I think it might have been, yes. But oh. it was on Sesame Street and it it, it was very eerie. I, we will have to find that and yeah. uh, note for ourselves to put that into the just show notes. It was very spooky. We'll find yeah, it, it and everyone little, can enjoy it. Just a little spooky. I don't know spooky. why it scared me so much because it was. I don't think it was intended to be scary. I was just like, oh, <laughs> stop coming to life, mummies. Anyway. Oh, dear. Maybe Bert's right. Maybe there isn't anything to be afraid of. It's all in my imagination. Oh, I'll just look at these statues over here. Look at that. Bert? Bert? Did you tap me? Bert's not here. Who tapped me? Oh, yeah. No, I I would say that if mummies were coming to life and uh, on me as well. Yeah, no, this is a great little figure Fiona gave me for my birthday uh, that is Ernie. um, But it's like one of those cutaways so you can see his skeleton. And then Rubber Ducky is with him. But Rubber Ducky is also a cutaway. I like the details on that one. That's nice. Yeah, it's pretty cute. My middle name's Ernest, so that's the connection in case you're curious. No. You're not. We're moving on. We didn't talk about Oreos, though. We didn't talk about Oreos. We could have a whole debate on Oreos. They're terrible. Okay. I mean, I generally agree, but there's some some pretty good uh, special edition ones that have come out, like peanut butter pie one, uh, birthday cake, carrot cake. They're quite enjoyable. I guess. I just, I, I would never, ever be like, you know what I'm going to do is drive to the store, walk to the store, and buy Oreos. Like, if someone gave them to me, I'd be like, Ugh, okay, to be polite. Yeah, I think that's kind of it. I mean, so the big thing for me is that the cookie is different. The cookie is not the usual sort of shitty Oreo faux chocolate cookie. Biscuit. It's changed up to be like a little bit more interesting in those cases. And the flavoring is way different. So it's like a whole different cookie. All right. I'll give you that. I'll try that. Speaking of cookies, we're going to chat about ice cream, sort of, in a roundabout way. You got there. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I like to make transitions from one topic to another. I fancy myself pretty good at them. What do you think? Did we get there? Yeah, I think you got there. We're talking the Cornetto Trilogy, uh, also known as Three Flavors Cornetto Trilogy uh, or the Blood and Ice Cream Trilogy. Uh, But for me, it'll always just be simply the Cornetto Cornetto Trilogy. Trilogy. Yes, the greatest trilogy. Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, other people as well, but those are the main three. Yeah. Do you want to do a little background for us on the uh, Cornetto trilogy before we throw in? Uh... (laughs) Do you want to read from the show notes (laughs) I sent you? Yes, Ben. I will. Everything is very... I can get us started. That was very good. Get it started in here. Get it started in here. Oh, yeah. I was just looking at... My phone's been really slow lately. I don't know what's going on. Anyway. Uh, have you updated recently? No, I haven't. And I think that's been the See, issue. See, this is the thing I run into with Fiona all the time. And she'll be like, nothing's working. And I'll be like, when was the last time you actually updated your phone? And she'll be like, three years ago. And I'll be like, there you go. Well, yeah, I know. You're right. It's just... So the issue I'm currently having is that I have put my headphone cord onto my keyboard and nice. have accidentally kept bringing up emoji keyboard on mm. screen. That's annoying. That's annoying. I don't need that. All right. Okay. The Cornetto Trilogy. Yes, I've got it. Uh, <laughs> overview by Ben Rankle. Well, I mean, I don't need credit. This is our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Try to make it so it's not like we're reading off of a page of notes that I made beforehand. But it, 
but they're very helpful notes, and I appreciate them. So the trilogy of films. Yeah, but I plagiarized them from Wikipedia is the problem. That's fine. I, don't, I don't want to get a fail on this from you, Teach. We'll, 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 uh, we'll workshop it a bit. It's we'll fine. paraphrase. Yeah, so trilogy doesn't share a storyline. Um, in fact, you can the three movies are as different as possible, but using largely a lot of the same cast members. Um, the name Cornetto Trilogy originates from a silly joke during the promotion of Hot Fuzz, where, as in Edgar Wright had written, the Cornetto ice cream was a hangover cure for Frost's character in Shaun of the Dead, based on his own experiences. And after that party for the film, they received free Cornetto ice creams. So Wright and Peg decided to include another reference to Cornetto in their next film in a failed attempt to get more free ice cream, which I really appreciate. Yeah, it did not work. <laughs> yeah, I like that it didn't work the second time. And then they just ran with yeah, it. It was too late have to at that point. to keep going for it. Um, yeah, it, yeah, honestly, it is a, a kind of an undercurrent of the second movie, Hot Fuzz, wherein <laughs> there's a couple uh, throwaway fill, um, scenes, but then there's quite a few scenes in, that are kept in the movie where they continue to talk about Cornetto uh, ice cream. This is something I learned prepping for this episode is that it is apparently also a bit of a, a reference to uh, something called the Three Colors Film Trilogy by Christoph Kieslowski. Hmm. Have you watched any of those films? Can't say that I have. Red, no. white, and blue or whatever it's called, or blue, white, and mm -hmm. red. Whatever the French arrangement is. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, neither did I, so we won't go into that. But apparently it's a really, a really, uh, what do you call it if it's literary but not literature when it's a movie like a very hoity-toity reference to other film. Uppity? Yeah. No, you don't use uppity. That's actually a racist term. It's fallen out of fashion. It? Yeah, it <gasps> super is. I didn't know that. The more Why you know sound plays now. <laughs> Yeah, why is it? Can, can I ask why it's racist? Uh, I can try to paraphrase it for you, but okay, it, do it. Yeah, I'm deeply sorry. You don't need to be sorry. Well, I had no idea. I thought it meant like when a person's just trying to be like a know it all, uh, yeah. like a fancy pants. Yeah, it has racist connotations. Um, oh. Here from the Atlantic, the word uppity actually, you know, was used uh, as an application for black people. Uh, uppity is usually used to mean self-important or arrogant reason to stop using it. So during segregation, racist Southerners used the word uppity to describe black people who did not know their place, uh, socioeconomically speaking. Originally, the term started with uh, the black hmm. community, but racists uh. Uh, adopted it pretty quickly. So, you know. Good alternative is audacious or impudent. And then there's a whole like sort of cultural uh, cache of uh, continued use of that to insult black people uh, up until, you know, today. It's still being used that way. I learned something today. Thank you for educating me, Ben. Oh, no problem. And that's how you do it, folks. <laughs> Correct your friends. Coming back to Cornetto. <laughs> Just a quick, quick aside, though. Like, if you are not good enough friends with a human yeah. being to be able to talk with them about something like that, then like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, I feel like exactly if you care about each other, you should try to help each other improve your language and, and move forward and, and do things better. Even if it is a quibbling matter to some, it's a quick thing, you know, and now I'll never use that word again. Yeah. Choosing things that we can do to be more positive and more inclusive, I think is always a good choice. I don't care what other people say about yeah. that. It is not a huge ask. Absolutely. Agreed. Speaking of huge asks, the Cornetto Trilogy. 
good segue. We lost Pumpkin. all our steam on that one. Sorry about no, that. No, it's good. So I'm back on with the three flavors. And so the three flavors of Cornetto ice cream, like now we're, we're playing into the ice cream flavors. Do you the, like Cornetto? I don't know that I've ever had a Cornetto. I've had similar things, but a, a true Cornetto, I don't know that I've ever had one because I don't think they're offered in Canada, are they? Uh, no, but it's basically like a drumstick. It's just a drumstick ice cream, but they're likening the different movies to different flavors of ice cream mm-hmm. or the Cornetto cones. So Shaun of the Dead, which is a zombie comedy drama, amazing film, of course. It's strawberry. strawberry. You can see why. The blood. You got some red on you. <laughs> so good. Um, and then we have Hot Fuzz, which is a buddy cop movie with the classic vanilla flavor. and then. I didn't realize this until reading the notes and like looking further into it. The World's End, which is like a post-apocalyptic, or not post-apocalyptic, but apocalyptic alien kind of movie is, anybody guess? Mint chocolate chip. For little green alien men. And I think that's adorable. It's very funny. It's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which would be your favorite flavor of the three? I'm not talking about movies. Which one's your favorite? We'll get to that at the end. But which of those three ice creams would you prefer? Uh, Honestly, I'm boring. So I would go with the regular because because in a drumstick. Well, they don't call it regular. They call it classic. Classic. Classico. There's usually chocolate at the bottom of the cone. And it goes so well with the vanilla. And so I like the chocolate and the vanilla combination. So I would go with the classic. What about you, Ben? The classic. Uh, I'm going strawberry. Yeah, strawberry. I don't know if I'd actually choose that, but uh, I like I like the idea of it. Normally, when I'm choosing what we have here, which is called a drumstick, <laughs> that's the brand yes. from Nestle, one of the most evil corporations. Um, <laughs> they have like a Rolo flavor mm, one. Yes, that's a good one. The chocolate yeah, caramel. Nice, uh, cross-branding. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'd choose. It's a good choice. I like that. What else do we need to know about this? Edgar Wright is the director of all three. Yeah. Um, Edgar Wright and Sean, uh, um, I was going to say Sean Penn, but definitely not, not Sean him. Penn. Uh, Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg. <laughs> are the writers for both of mm-hmm. them. And then there's a, a consistent director, I forget their name, but Nick Frost also stars in yes. all three. Um, and that's kind of the core trio. Uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg were um, buddies from previous working togetherness on Spaced which if you're familiar with that. Yeah, and I believe Edgar Wright was a producer or director on that as well. Yeah, I don't think they'd ever written with um, Wright before the Cornetto trilogy, mm-hmm. but they had definitely had workings together. And a lot of the cast of Spaced mm-hmm. finds their way into especially Shaun of the yeah, Dead. Yeah, yeah, Shaun of the Dead, that part where they come across the like gender swap uh, <laughs> yes. party is like the main girl from Spaced. Did you ever watch Spaced? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I watched a fair bit of it and then fell off of it for some reason, but it was a very fun show. Yeah, it was great. It was kind of like late 90s, early 2000s comedy, like English comedy at its best. Yes, just fail to launch. Just sitting around in someone's apartment for hours on end. A kind of a Seinfeld approach, really. Yeah, yeah. What's up with that? This is the undercurrent of the show is Seinfeld for some reason. Do, do, do. Oh my God. That's no. Space Sorry. right there. Um, no. Uh, do you think we've talked enough about it? Yeah, we've got it. Let's get yeah, into let's these. Get into let's it. get into it. Let's yeah. talk Shaun of the Dead, the first. Bum, 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 ba, da, da, bum. It is so good. Shaun of the Dead is my feel good movie. When I'm sad, I watch it. When I want to celebrate something, I watch it. When I'm bored, I watch it. I've watched that movie 
at least 20 times. I love it. Oh, yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Shaun of the Dead obviously was my first. It was everybody's first. Mm -hmm. But it is also my most watched, like, just on repeat over and over. Yeah. Uh, I was never much of a horror person, which is what I love about Shaun of the Dead, is it is so funny, but also it is truly horrific at parts. Like, truly, truly awful and scary. And I really, I really like how they threaded that needle of oh, like yeah. horror comedy. Um, but in the end, it's really about relationships and like sort yeah. of like, I don't know what the right term is, slacker, like somebody who has not quite figured their shit out, yeah. uh, which is probably a common theme between the three films. So it came out in 2004. And I remember talking to someone that we went to art school with about whether... Uh, let's just say it's... It was... was always... So that Jess can bleep it again. It's always... It was um a fucking and i said i'm not sure if i should watch this movie because you know i'm not really big comedy horror type person and he said it starts as a comedy and then halfway through it becomes a real movie and he was so dead on about like there seems like a shift in the movie where all of a sudden things get real and the emotions turn and it's really kind of like when they enter the winchester oh yeah for the final time it's all over or Maybe. Yeah, it just, it, it suddenly shifts and so... Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> yes, if you haven't seen it, it came out in 2004, like, this is on you. Yeah, I think the is statute of limitations for spoilers is, yeah. is 20 years max. Absolutely. So, do we need to do a plot, like, a quick overview of what the plot of the movie is? Yeah, let's do it. I think so. Sean is a, you know... What is he like? Mid twenties, the character, or something like that. Late twenties, late twenties, yeah, early thirties. Yeah, he's an individual that is still sort of bumming around, hasn't like found direction in his life, uh, and that is affecting his interpersonal relationships. His roommate isn't a fan of his. His girlfriend is having trouble with him. His parents aren't particularly fond of him. He works a dead end job and uh, really hasn't mm-hmm. found a way to come into his own. But all that changes when the dead, when there's no more room in hell, the dead walk the earth. <laughs> Which is and it's, the title is a clever a clever reference to Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. It's really, I, I, it's almost beautifully shot. Like the whole movie is quite beautiful. Oh, definitely. Um, it's something that you don't see. I think I'm just going to throw out like all sorts mm-hmm. of broad statements here, but I feel like this kind of like just clever, tight storytelling doesn't happen yes. that often anymore. Beginning, middle, and end. We just don't get that. We get spectacle instead, and just like really shitty story. Yeah. Not okay. Uh, let's keep going on the plot. So Sean, Sean's life is kind of in a uh, a holding pattern, maybe yeah. a slow decline. Uh, you know, uh, what do they call it? A but like self self implosion kind of thing, self destruction. If he was a satellite going around an Earth, his orbit would be faltering, decaying, decaying, decaying orbit. Yes, yes, decaying orbit. Yes. Uh, so things aren't like drastically getting worse; they're just getting worse slowly. But yeah, that all comes yes. to a head. Uh, he stays up late drinking. The world starts to go to hell and his big thing is finding his girlfriend, making sure she's okay. And then finding his parents and making sure they're okay. And then heading to the local pub to ride everything out until, you know, authorities take over and make sure everything's better for <laughs> everything's him. Everything's okay. Uh, you know, and it doesn't go that way. Uh, you know, the broad points are there, but you know, things don't go as easily as, as possible. Uh, and uh, Sean's forced to kind of step up in a lot of ways and, and finally do something. Who lives and dies. And, <laughs> yeah. And what he's forced to do is make hard decisions about who uh, who who lives and dies. <laughs> yeah, there's so many good moments in that movie and lines that just 
continued to like ring out in my head from time to time. Uh, I mean, I can basically watch the whole movie like in my oh, mind yeah. right now. Yeah, it's just that good. Even so, what the character Sean lives with his roommate Pete, and then his friend Ed, who's the drug dealer, uh, who is Peter Skafenowicz or whatever his name is, the one with the beautiful voice. Oh, I always let destiny do the melon work, friend. Thought is not my area of expertise. Goodness, no. <laughs> Now what's the plan? Yeah, who ends up being the tick in the remake recently, um, which is also Arthur is, what's his face? Griffin Newman from the Blink Check podcast. Check that one out. It's really great. Yeah. I can hear when Sean's mad, Sean's scared that Pete's mad at him, just how he's calling up the stairs to him. Pete. Yeah. (laughs) And the night before where Pete's like, sort your shit out, mate. (laughs) Sort your fucking life out, mate. And that's their last words, and he goes to bed. Like, you just hear that in their head. Yes. But even then, when David, uh, Dylan Moran, who, if you're familiar with Black's books, wonderful comedian, very... Basically adult Harry Potter. Yeah, but, like, a lot darker and really kind of depressing. But uh, when he... Spoiler alert. Spoilers dies he dies in such a graphic horrifying way oh it's so dramatic and so graphic oh that was the moment where i was like oh my god what are we doing and that's the moment for you right where you're like this is a real movie oh 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 this is this is a heavy heavy thing yeah oh not light fair and then diane goes after him trying to like she just goes mad with fear yeah yeah his uh diane is his uh his girlfriend in the show yes. or partner or whatever who uh you know her and and simon Pegg's character secretly believe that the other guy is interested in simon Pegg's girlfriend and yeah it's a whole thing that ends abruptly fun thing about uh, diane played by lucy davis who was the pam quote-unquote from the british version of the office so the og the version. og pam and so that's the great thing about in my opinion British um, TV and movies is you get so many of the same people oh my God, you working do. together. And it makes me like John will often be like, are there any other actors in the UK other than these like 40 people? And the answer is no. That's one of the things I love about Doctor yes. Who is that you see everyone show up it. there at some point. Everyone gets a turn. Like what's her face from like uh, the Mitchell and, mm-hmm. and Webb look and, and then ends up, oh, why can't I think of her name? That'll kill me. Whatever. Yeah, she is in Hot Fuzz. Because uh, she's in Hot Fuzz to take us there in a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. I love it. It's a very Osama Tezuka thing where, like, he has his cast of characters and then just uses them yeah. as different people in, in different movies and different uh, stories and stuff. But, you know, with real people. Olivia Coleman is who you're thinking of. Olivia Coleman, yeah. yes. So, Shaun of the Dead, excellent, yeah. excellent movie. So many good one-liners. Great masterclass on storytelling but also like comedy yeah yeah it has a lot of heart right it does um which is true of all of these do you have a fave moment from it (sighs) there's so many there's so so many there's so many good ones i can understand that it would be very difficult to i do think that one of the best parts my sister loves it and she'll often say it to me is in the morning when they wake up after being out uh, drinking because um sean gets dumped he wakes up and Nick Frost characters Ed is standing in the window with the drapes over him and he just goes, There's a girl in the garden. <laughs> yeah. There's a girl in the garden. Their behavior 
What? In the garden, there is a girl. And there's this zombie <laughs> woman in the garden, and they start like, and they're like joking around that she's so drunk, and they're like poking her. Yeah, she's so wasted, Mesh. And so then they wind up throwing records at her, and I think like that to me is like one of the best parts of the movie. I this is a daily double. Yeah. Because that is honestly, I would call like the defining moment of that film. You're watching it and you don't know what it's about up until it hits there. Yeah. And it's gruesome and it's gross, but it's also super fucking funny. So good. Yeah. Uh, I love that one. Oh my God. She's so drunk. (laughs) Oh, trivia, love. Oh. I think she likes you. No. I think she wants a cuddle. <laughs> I'm serious, I'm just going to have a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Do something! Wait there. Hey! Two seconds. Jeez, look, I'm really flattened everything, really. But I just... And hold it there. Oh, just get her off me! Jeez! Oh. What's up with her eye? Now, seriously, uh... Uh, Mary, I'm, I'm warning you, okay? I'm gonna have to get physical. I mean it. This is it. I'm gonna. Fuck off! Uh, fave character? Sean's mom. Sean's mom. Oh, good choice. Sean's mom. Just because, like, she's the quintessential mom who he so badly wants to do right by her, but he just can't get his shit together. But in the end, he does, but she never needed that from him the entire time because she loved him. And it's also too late. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoilers. It's also too late, but she so unconditionally loves him that I don't know. I just, I always thought like she was the catalyst that made Sean grow up when she dies. Hmm. What yeah. about you? Um, I think the easy one for me would be to say Sean. Uh, there's just something I enjoy about his sort of ennui at existence. There's all, you know, the nihilism of his existence, uh, especially extrapolated to like millennials and Gen Z and sort of like the world's ending. So what's the fucking point? And we kind of get that here. <laughs> the point is there's still something even after what we think of as the world ends. Um, but I'm going to go yeah. with uh, Peter Zowitz as as pete i just fucking love his role he's very short he's hilarious he's just a guy who's got all his shit figured out and it does nothing for him he's still dead in the morning yeah it's so great and so fronty uh runner up nick frost character ah yes ed (laughs) i will say that the best thing about pete is that he's naked the entire time that he's a zombie because he dies in the shower (laughs) yes that's right uh pretty great okay moral of the story Get your shit together. Yeah. Try. Try. <laughs> just try. Just try. I think that's the whole point of the movie is just yeah, try. Don't give up. Give give some effort. Don't give up. And dogs can look up. <laughs> they can. They absolutely can. Uh, let's go to... <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? Do you have one for me or should I do the one I came up with for you? What do you got? The silhouette is this. That's the silhouette. Can you work with that? Is it a Cornetto? It is not. Good guess. I would say... Is it a Pokemon? It is not. Oh. If I was doing Cornetto, that would be the silhouette. But this is the silhouette. It's like a circle. Is it a toilet flushing? No. 
cool though. Because you're making like oh, a... I was just reiterating the shape. I'll just do it once. It's for just you. a circle. It's just a circle. It's just a circle. It's just a circle. Then, I mean, what? What? Is it a circle? Okay, I'll give it to you again. It's a circle, <laughs> and then inside the circle is a tiny little circle. Is it a boob? It's not a boob. Hmm. hmm. Can I have a hint? Yeah. Uh, the hint is that it is related to the previous topic, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. You're going to be mad at me when you get this one. Yeah, probably. Uh, is it a record? It is a record. Da -na 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 -na. It's record. Boom! That they're throwing at the drunk girl who's actually yeah. a zombie. Hooray! Yeah. Uh, before we move on to Hot Fuzz... Let's just take a moment to appreciate that at the end of the film, even though, what's his name again? Ed, is it, that Nick Frost plays? Ed, Even yes. though he gets zombified, uh, he ends up just like a pet in a backyard playing video games, playing watching, video games. like, yeah. And, well, and that's the greatest part of the movie. Is and there's no change no. in him at all. His character has had no growth, which is, I guess, the sort of juxtaposition with Sean's character. He's still there, sitting in his shed, doing nothing. After they get the zombie uh, under control all the zombies and then they show the tv shows about how it's so good it's so on point of like that would probably happen like they've used all the zombie tv yeah the reality tv show yeah like i still love him we're like you sleep in the same bed and like i love that because it is so on point yeah yeah the like jerry springer tile <laughs> yes. style show yeah, yeah it's so great okay so wonderful all right hot fuzz olivia coleman was our transition there really yes. smooth we did it good. olivia coleman isn't she an Oscar award winner now? Or sure is. nominated? Yeah, she's so she, fantastic. No, she won an Oscar. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, absolutely fantastic. And yeah, uh, Hot Fuzz, you want to give us the overview on Hot Fuzz? Okay, I love, love, love Shaun of the Dead. But as I get older, I think we've talked about this. Hot Fuzz yeah. is coming up as like maybe my actual favorite of the three. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I know I you were supposed why. to save this to the end. Uh, there's something about it that just yes. like, I think it's about society and it's like railing against yes. youth. <laughs> and this, uh, and this, this idea of of making, you know, young people out to be the villains when really mm -hmm. it's the assholes who control society, and uh, you know, yeah, the old white dudes, <laughs> yeah, the old people who won't let society grow or change and won't let people exist as they are that are the true villains. And I think there's something very poignant about that mm -hmm. for us. So that might be why. We did our, Love you know, it. failure to start years. We did. We we tried. We tried to be part of society the way they told us yeah. to be, and it didn't work out. And there's a reason for that. It's because they're controlling everything and making it shitty. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's... So that it suits them. Oh, so good. So the whole premise of Hot Fuzz is PC Nicholas Angel, or Angle, <laughs> is this really overachieving super cop um in the london metropolitan police force yeah metropolitan they usually have a hyphen between that metropolitan and basically his entire force ousts him because they're so sick of him being this like do-gooder who's super making cop. everybody else yeah. yeah he's a super cop and they're driving he's driving everybody insane so they wind up um giving him a forced promotion which actually means that he has to move out of london into sanford gloucestershire Sorry. Yeah. No, that's uh, how it said. Gloucestershire. <laughs> Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. It's that sauce. You put it's it on your sauce. burgers. Gloucestershire sauce. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, I'm not even going to do it. But anyway, leaves, um, lives in Sanford, which is known for winning Village of the Year multiple years in a row where he meets 
one night at the pub before he actually starts his first day, winds up meeting his future best friend, PC, Danny Butterman, who winds up being the const- the chief constable's son. Oh, the names are so good. <laughs> and meets the rest of the police force and still continues to try to be a super cop. And the whole police force thinks that he's trying to outdo them and find crimes where there isn't any crimes. And so when he people start dying in mysterious ways, they keep saying it's an accident and mm-hmm. uh, Nicholas Angel keeps saying there's no such thing as accidents. They're gaslighting him. They're gaslighting him. And so he basically uncovers this giant conspiracy and then the greatest cop movie of all time unfolds. Mm-hmm. And again, with like gross stuff too. Like it's a funny movie, but then the gore, you're not expecting it. Mm-hmm. But like when um, the reporter gets crushed by the bricks off of the chapel yeah yeah and they land in his head and his head explodes oh my god <laughs> it's pretty funny <laughs> it's so gross the the fence joke makes it sort of like really strong showing here with the, <laughs> the jumping of the I fence forgot. so this is in all three yes. of the films but like this is the one where i think i really was like oh that's fucking funny yeah it's so good like the beautiful hopping of the fence and then smash smash And it's such an amazing cast. So again, we have the same cast of characters, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, but then we have Timothy Dalton as Simon Skinner. Timothy motherfucking Dalton. Who is, and I read an interview with him where they asked him what was his favorite movie to film, and he said Hot Fuzz, that he never had so much fun filming anything. Like when he was James Bond, it didn't compare. And then you have people like, of course, Olivia Coleman, but then you also have um, Bill Nighy, Bill Nye, he is in all three as well. Yes, he is, and he's amazing. Yeah, uh, some more recent controversies uh, about no! him as an individual, but what? we'll leave those ones for oh, another time. God damn it! Seriously. Yeah. Fuck. Everyone. Okay. Oh, Martin Freeman's in it too. What else is bad about him? Uh, I don't know. For now, he's fine. Oh, for now. It's hard to be the fun buzz, the buzz kill. <laughs> Debbie Downer from SNL. Uh, Kate Blanchett is also in this uh, yes, movie. Yes, Kate Blanchett is in there. Yes, we got we got freaking Jim Broadbent. Yep, it's an amazing cast. So it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Great, great cast. Wonderful movie. One of the strongest cop movies out there. Love it. It is a really strong cop movie. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. Okay, so what was the plot? Uh, right, he uncovers the conspiracy. Turns out the old people. Uh, want to keep everything the way they want it and are murdering anyone who rocks the boat at all. Yeah. And it ends with this most brilliant showdown between uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost characters with uh, Timothy Dalton in this miniaturization of uh, the town of the itself. Town. Yeah. And uh, doesn't Timothy Dalton's character end up impaled on like the church steeple or something? Yes. The church steeple goes through oh, the bottom so of his jaw gross. and comes out of his oh. mouth. <laughs> oh, gag me. It's amazing. And he's not dead, but he's very horribly hurt. That's a good enough overview. Let's keep going. Favorite moment. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go first here because I think yeah, I think that might be it. It's either that <laughs> or uh, at the beginning with like the kids in the pub when they're trying to like order beer and he like ends it for them. That's a good point. When's your birthday? 22nd of February. What year? Every year. Get out. Hey. When's your birthday? 
8th of May, 1969. You're 37. Yeah. Get out. When's your birthday? Uh out but then he doesn't realize by arresting them they actually all end up murdered yeah they're all dead good job so he stops them from drinking and then that brings them to the attention of the sort of like cult slash secret society Mm -hmm. that then has these kids murdered for crossing the line (laughs) love it okay that's a good that's that's good what's your fave i have two and I, i sent you a video of one earlier today and it's more or less just lines from the movie and so anytime it rains i hear the old woman's voice in my head saying it appears the heavens have opened as every single time it would appear the heavens have opened and then i listen to a lot of like murder podcasts documentaries dateline what's your favorite uh dateline i mean come on it's so okay. good We've talked about that before, haven't we? I don't think we have. We should talk about Dateline because Dateline's amazing. No, because I made a joke about a Dateline being like, you know, crushed up dates and somebody snorts. Yes, I remember this now. We have talked about it. You remember that really good joke I did? Yes, it's burned into my brain. That really good joke I did. Uh, I think about... It was such a good joke. It was very good. I was very proud of you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. When they go into the shop to buy Cornettos... And the woman says, any luck finding them killers? Which is the giveaway. No luck catching them killers then. It's just the one killer, actually. No luck catching them killers then. It's just the one killer, actually. No luck catching them killers then. It's just the one killer, actually. No luck catching them killers then. It's just the one killer, actually. So, Mara, you got brain freeze? No, I got brain wave. And so anytime someone says anything about the killer... I always hear like killers just because of that old yeah. woman talking about how she gave it away and we don't realize it for a little bit longer in the movie, but they've been setting us up with all these clues the entire time, which mm-hmm. is kind of like in um, Shaun of the Dead, the opening sequences, you can see they're building to the zombie outbreak and they're building to... Oh yeah, all the background right? stuff, you're yes. hearing things like on the news and stuff yeah. on the radio about like blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and, and then, the yeah, same thing's happening Weird in things funds. happening in the background as you yeah. go by. Yeah. So favorite moment, those two. I think also honorable mention is like the sort of crossword joke that keeps happening. Yes. <laughs> I Fascist. really love that. Just such an old person thing. Oh, and the I, I think the swan, the underlying swan the entire time. Morale. Moral, if you will, moral, sorry, not morale. The, 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 the moral of mushroom. the story. It's a good mushroom. Good in soups. Yeah, people love morals. <sighs> I don't know what the moral is here. Like, be true to yourself because that's what Danny did. He did the right thing even though it was hard. Yeah, and he inspires people to step up who maybe hadn't uh, previously because of that. So you've got, you know, Nick Frost's character is sort of the you know just going with the flow isn't trying too hard stagnant Mm -hmm. individual at that point i think that's sort of a recurring theme for all three so that's why i'm I'm trying to find it here Uh, and the other theme is uh you know like town community associations are evil yeah i will 100 percent agree to that yeah inflicting ridiculous bullshit on people uh Mm -hmm. to satisfy their own petty needs good enough moral who's your favorite character oh this one's tough I want to say Butterman is pretty great, mm-hmm. but it's probably Timothy Dalton's, uh, you know, what's his face? Um, Simon Skinner. Simon Skinner, the manager of the supermarket. Just like that alone is so funny that the dude running the supermarket That's is also guy. in charge of like the entire friggin underground, you know, cult like <laughs> underground society that murders children. Oh, that's a good one. 
No, I'm going with Olivia Coleman as uh, PC Doris oh, Thatcher so because good. she makes all these like disgusting jokes the entire time. And who are the two mustache guys? Those are they're pretty great too. Oh, um, the Andes. Yeah. They're both named Andrew. I can't remember who they are. There's Rafe Spall, who's wonderful and in a bunch of great things. Well, there is another one, and that's what matters. They're great too. There's another one. Uh, yeah, it's fine. fantastic. And then. Here's a, a great thing that happens is we move on to uh, The World's End, our third film in this Cornetto trilogy, and we get every, mm-hmm. arguably, I would say pretty clearly the weakest, the weakest, at least not my favorite. I don't know. And uh, this one comes 2013 is when this one rolls around. And uh, we've got, you know, the usual uh, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. We get uh, Rosamund Pike in this one, yep. Martin Freeman again, Patty Considine. Uh, Pierce Brosnan shows up in this one. Yep. Uh, yeah, pretty great. Uh, this one's all about alien invasion. We had the cop movie previously and then the horror movie previous to that. So like sci-fi horror and, and action. It's a great, a great three movies. Uh, what I didn't know until today about this one and I didn't realize was Wright and, and Peg bring back literally everybody from the first two films mm-hmm. to have a role in this one. So literally every person who played somebody in the first two show up in this third film. I love it. Uh, will you do the overview for us? <clears throat> I'd be happy to, Ben. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> so this one, it, it's an interesting, kind of like a coming of age type movie, if I had to say it. It's like coming of age, like Stand By Me meets alien invasion type movie. But it's yeah, and this is really like a coming of age when it actually happens for people, yes, which is like <laughs> your mid thirties, late forties, late thirties, trying to actually get your shit together for the first time. But based on a traumatic event that happened in your childhood, you're still dealing with it until your adulthood. So the movie starts uh, in the 1990s, where um, this group of friends are getting together to celebrate their last day of school by going on this pub crawl called the Golden Mile. And so, as you can guess, they have to go on a mile. In the UK, there's pubs every which way. And so the whole point is that they go to 12 different pubs, culminating at the final pub called The World's End. This does not happen. And so they lose the challenge and um, they don't get to three of the final pubs. So 23 years later, now everybody's in their late 30s or early 40s kind of age. Gary, who is... Simon Pegg's character, is still living like he's this kind of cool teenager like he was in the 90s, despite the fact everybody else in his life has moved on. He's still wearing like kind of like cool trench coats and looking like a cool dude, but he's very aged and not great. The rest of his friend group have moved on, have had successful careers and lifestyles, and Gary goes and tries to connect with them all to bring them back together to do this final pub crawl one last time and in doing so brings everybody back together back to the town that they grew up in and it uncovers not only this alien invasion but also this really awful event that happened the night of the pub crawl in the 90s that caused the friends to leave the town stop being friends and which really made gary kind of uh stuck in his teenage persona yeah, and caused Andy, uh, which is Nick Frost's character, to become a like a completely no drugs, no alcohol teetotaler, yeah, uh, like sort of stick in the mud type character. Which I think is pretty fair based on what happens. So basically, like Gary's character um, gets into a drink drive situation, and it's drink drive, drink drive. 
Yeah. Drunk don't driving. Drink, don't drive. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to do no, no, it for yeah. that stupid note. <laughs> Um, I like uh, about this film, one thing is that Nick Frost gets to play the more serious character yeah. this time around after playing sort of the goof the, the first two times. Yeah, it's an interesting mix-up for the two of them. Yeah, yeah, they kind of play like opposites to what they had been previously. Like, you know, uh, Simon Pegg definitely played the more serious character in the first two. It's a fun switch em up So what happens when they uh, start redoing this, uh, this pub crawl in their 40s? Well, it, people start acting weird, they're... People from their childhood are coming out of the woodwork, so like a past crush of um, Gary's comes out and is trying to hang out with them, but then all these weird things keep happening. And so ultimately we find out that the people of the town are slowly being replaced um, by alien replicas, I guess you could say. Yeah, we get this wonderful scene where they're trying to take a piss after having an argument in one of the uh, the pubs, and it ends up in this giant fight with a bunch of like teenagers uh, in a pub bathroom that, you know true to form gets ridiculously violent uh just almost like slapstick in how violent it is and yeah. you know sort of reveals the what would you call it the turn of the film yeah it, it seems like as soon as the graphic violence starts that's when the movie becomes like a little more serious uh, yeah and all of this culminates at uh eventually the the final pub where they they keep going for some reason it, it turns out to be important to Gary, the character. And uh, at the end, it turns out it's an alien invasion. And that's where, like, the the alien spaceship, I guess you could say, is underneath the world's end. Um, and I guess, I don't think they, like, I guess if you sum this up, they don't exactly win, do they? No, because it actually, like, the aliens wind up eradicating <laughs> humanity. <laughs> most of the planet yeah like it basically sends humans back into like a dark ages where there's no electricity they're all sitting around a campfire eating like beans out of a can kind of thing but they're all a little bit better for it i guess possibly possibly yeah this is where this this is where this one falls down for me is that it turns out like Gary, who is like this shitty individual in real life, uh, is apparently just perfectly situated uh, for, you know, this Dark Ages post-apocalyptic timeline that culminates at the end. Like, it sort of reminds me of Burn After Reading, uh, where at the very (laughs) end, J.K. Simmons' character is like, what do we learn from all of this? And he's like, absolutely fucking lutely nothing. (laughs) Yeah, because the movie ends with Gary going on a pub crawl again in the ruins of the town. (laughs) With the alien replacements. Like, yeah, to his friends who are who are more teenagers, I guess, than the others. Yeah. So a part of me is like, so he just never grew up and he's just going to be living his life in this like infinite loop. Yeah, but it worked out for him. I guess. So and that's why it kind of falls flat for me that the other two have like these really powerful lines and moments and yeah, yeah. like a moral at the end. And this one to me, I was just kind of like, I can't really think of a line from the movie that stands out to me yeah um no you know i can't think of any repeatable lines either that's the thing like uh hot fuzz and um Mm -hmm. you know Shaun of the dead are like burned into my memory oh yes um but i don't think this one had the immediate sort of staying power for me personally that the other two did um 
No. So I don't actually have uh, like a favorite a favorite moment. Well, I have a favorite moment and a favorite character actually, but I don't have like the the okay. quotable lines uh, that I had with the other ones. What are what are your favorite moments and people? All right, favorite moment and favorite character. I'm going to do them both at once because they kind of go together. But okay. it's uh, the favorite character for me is Eddie Marson as Peter Page, the car salesman, the sort of like <laughs> the guy who's willing to say yes and do whatever. <laughs> and I feel like his character has some growth yeah. and like earns a backbone in standing up to people. And I believe he's sort of the impetus for the big knockdown bar fight um, with the teens in mm. the pub. I don't remember, but that's my favorite moment. Favorite character is uh, is is Eddie Marson as Peter Page, and uh, favorite moment is that ridiculous pub bathroom brawl. <laughs> okay, all right, I got that. <laughs> I mean, I just like Martin Freeman, but I couldn't even tell you a moment from the movie that really stands out to me. Yeah. That I like Martin Freeman specifically in. I like that they gave him a bigger role in this one because when he was in Hot Fuzz, he was in it for all of like four minutes. Yeah. And in those four minutes, he was such a big part of the film because he's the one that like turfs uh, Nicholas Angel out to um, the village. Yeah. So I'm glad that he had a bigger role, but I just, I, I can't think of anything specifically that I'm like, oh, I love that. Yeah. It's always fun to see Martin Freeman do his thing. Yeah. He's great. Any, any fave moments? I've got a second one if you want. I mean, I, I know that there's a fence jumping. I like that. The fence, the fence jumping is pretty good. consistent. So I'm going to go with the fence jumping. The sort of gag about them going into every bar, like we're going to tear it up. And then like everyone being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Or like, do you remember us? And they're like, no, no, that one's great. Um, but there's a moment in the car where like, there's literally uh, one character named Peter. And uh, I believe one of the other characters is named Paul. Peter Page, Oman, Stephen Prince, Andy, Gary. There's some sort of dumb joke in the car about how he literally robs like Peter to pay someone else. Oh, Paul. Peter to Paul. Yeah, that's good. I thought that was amusing. Um, the moral of this, as we've talked about, is kind of like, we don't really know. I don't get it. Personally, I'm glad to know that you didn't understand it at all. I'm like, I felt like the other two movies kind of strongly suggest sort of like some sort of attempt to talk about how like, you know, staying the same is sort of detrimental to things. Yes. And this one like does the exact to- opposite, which is like, the only one who survives is the one who doesn't change. Yeah, it really is a story about growing up. Like all three of them in some fashion, the characters have to grow up or change or something. And this one didn't happen. Maybe that's the moral of the story. If you don't grow up and change, the world will <laughs> actually end. <laughs> okay. Yeah, why not? That that works for me. The world the world ends. The world ends literally. Yeah. Uh I guess I guess that's as good of any uh i really can't come up with anything else for that film i don't know no, like, i think I that's get, it Ben. yeah yeah you'd think like simon Pegg's character was going to learn something at some point and grow and no. become a better human but he does not no at no point uh it just turns out that the world changes for him instead and maybe that's the joke because that doesn't usually happen for yeah. real but that's what that kind of person expects yeah uh all right oh, let's move depressing. on let's wrap this up what's your favorite yeah. film wow <sighs> 
Which one's your favorite? We kind of talked about this already. We both we, we both start with Shaun this, of the yeah. Dead. We both yeah. moved on to be like Hot Fuzz is kind of the stronger of the two. Yes. And uh, both of us agree that the world's end, at least for us, doesn't quite hit as high a note. So like it's no. fun to watch, but it's it's definitely the third on my list of three. I almost feel like you need to start with the world's end and get it out of the way and then watch Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, like end strong. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. Or maybe there's some sort of secret codec if you watch all three of them really back to back, which is basically impossible for me to do at this point. Yeah. Once your children are older, maybe you can sit down and watch like a full day of TV. I am excited to show them at some point. Uh, yeah. That would be fun. But I, I'm going to give it personally to uh, Hot Fuzz. I think that's the the strongest of the three for me, or at least my favorite at this point. With a very strong runner-up to Shaun of the Dead, just as yeah. a movie I have watched literally a hundred times. Like, yeah. it was a movie I would fall asleep to when I wanted to do oh. that. Yes, I I just, I remember waking up to the DVT menu, <laughs> being like, oh, I should probably turn it off. Yeah, same. Absolutely <laughs> same. Uh, uh. Yeah. Oh, that part was so good. Where they're making the music with the, the groaning. <laughs> Uh, oh man maybe i want to change i'm going i'm going to shine of the dead i changed my mind hot fuzz is great and it does grow on me every time i watch it but shawn of the dead just has like entrenched itself as part of my like that's what i was just thinking my core sensibilities as as a person i feel like the nostalgia aspect of it and i agree i feel like i am who i am partially because of shawn of the dead yeah maybe shawn of the dead taught us to grow up a little bit i think it did ben and if you haven't if you're struggling with growing up right now dear listener go watch shawn of the dead it'll it'll help you Yeah, maybe. It can't hurt. (laughs) When you lose literally everything, maybe you'll get a little better. Yeah, we've got nothing else to lose. It's a good lesson. Maybe all the lessons in all three of the Cornetto trilogy films are kind of bad. Yeah, like just, you're going to lose everything, so you may as well try. Yeah, yeah, you might as well try. Things might turn out. Might not. Not how you expect them. We don't need to moralize. I don't give a shit. These are fun films. I'm picking Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Thanks for listening. (laughs) Until next time, folks. (laughs) 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 Bye. Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, give us a rating, and tell your friends about us. If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out original art and other content from Ben and myself. We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song, Dance, off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters. This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksika, the Begaini, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Métis Nation Region 3.